Chapter One, Part Four of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Six, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey and Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eighteen nineteen, the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight and asked them, saying, "Is this your son?" who ye say was born blind. How then doth he now see? The envy against the healer, which is hot within them, does not allow them to believe what is acknowledged by all. And, swayed by the frenzy of madness, they of course care little for the discovery of truth, and speak falsely against Christ. First they applied pressure to the man himself and now they are seen to be no less rashly distressing his parents but with the very opposite result to that which they intended they propose a most superfluous question to the man's parents and they seem to me in their unbounded folly to dishonour the very law which they so venerated and so extravagantly upheld for the neighbours as it is written brought him that aforetime was blind and setting him face to face with those who were asking these questions they reported most clearly that he had been born blind and bore witness that now he had received sight thus whereas the law distinctly says that every matter is established by the mouth of two or three witnesses they set aside the testimony not merely of two or three but probably of many more and go for further evidence to the parents of him who was healed thus acting contrary to the law as well as to good manners but the law is nothing to them when they are eager to accomplish something agreeable to their private pleasures for when the testimony borne to the miracle by the voices both of the neighbours and of the man who was healed put them out of countenance sorely against their will they expected to be able to persuade those now being questioned to make light of truth and rather to speak as they wished them to speak for see in how overbearing a manner they put their question saying is this your son who ye say was born blind for they all but avow their certain intention to treat them very dreadfully and they frighten them with unbounded fear calling as it were by compulsion and violence for that which they wished to hear namely the answer he was not born blind for they had but one object and that an impious one namely to loosen the hold which christ had on the multitudes and to turn away the simple faith of such as were now overcome with admiration and just as men who strive to take some well-fortified city environ it on every side and besiege it in all manner of ways at one time they are eager to undermine the foundations at another they strike blows with battering rams against the towers so the shameless pharisees lay siege to the miracle with all their evil devices and leave no method of impiety untried but it was not possible to disparage as unworthy of credit what was well known to all or to distort that at which many had marvelled into a less certain conviction twenty twenty one his parents answered and said 
we know that this is our son and that he was born blind but how he now seeth we know not or who opened his eyes we know not ask him he is of age to speak for himself they acknowledge as true that which was in no wise doubtful for which it was hardly likely they would suffer anything disagreeable for they say that they recognized their own offspring and do not deny what really was the case at his birth but distinctly affirm that he was born with the affliction nevertheless they shrink from relating the miracle leaving the nature of the deed to speak for itself and maintaining that it would be much more suitable to put the question as to how he had been healed to their son himself fear of danger is certainly a powerful motive to turn men aside from what it befits them to do being greatly alarmed by the harshness of the pharisees they do not observe that which is somewhere well said strive for the truth unto death it is likely that they did suffer something of another sort for the poor man is always timid and losing through his poverty the power to offer bold resistance often takes refuge in an unwilling silence and a forced acquiescence as if already completely crushed in spirit by the vexation of poverty he seems insensible to being burdened with other misfortunes we suspect that the parents of the blind man suffered something of this sort even though their answer on the whole is composed with great plausibility for every one would agree that the recognition of the man as their son was a matter as to which it was far more reasonable to interrogate them than the man himself whereas the question as to the physician was one not so much for the parents to answer as for him who had experienced the benefit of the wonderful operation thus they distinctly acknowledge what they know inasmuch as they are fairly called upon for this but what he could tell more truly since he had the more accurate knowledge about that they call upon him to give information and it is not without divine guidance i think that they added to their speech the words he is of age for this too seems to indicate the impiety of the pharisees because if he that received sight was qualified by his time of life to form a sound opinion when he relates the miracle and how he was treated he will not speak with the mind of a boy but with an understanding now well matured and probably able to support by argument those speakers with whom he agrees this then will of necessity tend to show the utterly shameless incredulity of the pharisees for behold they will believe neither the neighbours nor the blind man himself although it is not with an immature intellect that he gives evidence nor on account of a boyish understanding does he easily glide into falsehood but he is of age a fact which prevents his being ignorant of the nature of affairs twenty two these things said his parents because they feared the jews for the jews had agreed already that if any man should confess him to be christ he should be put out of the synagogue well and fitly does our lord jesus christ utter this woe at the heads of the pharisees woe unto you lawyers for ye took away the key of knowledge 
ye entered not in yourselves and them that were entering in ye hindered for again let the devout person consider if the beauty of truth will not correspond to these words for christ could never be deceived for behold besides the unwillingness of any one of them to teach the doctrine of the presence of the christ among them they both terrify with cruel fear those who could perceive him by the brilliance of his actions and by imposing a severe compulsion in their savageness hinder any member of their company who seemed disposed to do so from acknowledging his miracles for by putting out of the synagogue him who was right-minded and therefore disposed to believe the wretches do not blush of their own authority to alienate in a manner from god him who cleaves to god and to persuade him that the lord of all is a partaker of the madness against all which they themselves possess the admirable evangelist however defends such and says that the persons questioned were overcome by fear and therefore unwilling to say that the christ had healed their son so that by exposing the magnitude of the fury of the jews he might make it evident to those that come after for what could be more inhuman than the conduct of these men who deem right-minded persons worthy of punishment and bring under the necessity of being punished such as at all understand him who was proclaimed by the law and the prophets and we shall find from the sacred scriptures that the unholy design of the jews was not unknown to the holy prophets for he who searcheth the hearts and reins piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart to whom all things are naked and laid open saith by isaiah woe to the rebellious children thus saith the lord ye took counsel but not of me ye made covenants but not by my spirit to add sin to sin for he who saith that jesus is lord most certainly will speak in the holy spirit according to the words of paul but any one who professes the contrary will not speak in the holy spirit how could it be possible but rather in beelzebub surely then the covenants of the jews were not made by the holy spirit for they added sins to sins they first of all draw down the doom of disobedience upon their own heads and then they communicated to others by forbidding them to confess the christ surely the design is full of the grossest impiety albeit the psalmist laughs at those who to their disappointment engage in a fruitless undertaking saying thou o lord shalt confound them in thy wrath and the fire shall devour them their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men for they intended evil against thee they imagined a device which they are not able to perform for they were quite unable to carry out a design which fought against god although often and in ten thousand ways they attempted to obscure the glory of christ therefore they were turned back that is were driven from the face and presence of the lord of all justly being addressed with the words walk in the light of your fire and in the flame which ye kindled twenty four 
so they called a second time the man that was blind and said unto him give glory to god we know that this man is a sinner being unable to stop the man from speaking well of christ they attempt to attain a similar end by another method and proceed to entice him in a sort of coaxing way to fulfil their private aim trying by many arguments to make him forget christ altogether and not even mention him as a physician they say most craftily that he ought to ascribe glory to god on account of the marvellous deed thus pretending piety nevertheless they bid him agree with and believe themselves even when they maintain the highest impiety possible by saying that he is a sinner who came to destroy sin they bring forward no proof whatever of this slanderous assertion but being boasters and thinking something great and extraordinary of themselves merely because they were leaders of the people they command implicit confidence to be put in their discernment of character and lay it down as a matter of duty for the words we know will be found pregnant with surpassing arrogance by those who closely examine what they imply but thou mayest in no small degree wonder at the foolish mind of the jews from this also that whereas they decree that glory should be ascribed to god on account of the miracle since he alone is the doer of such deeds they condemn one who works the works of god by his own might and not only do the miserable people act thus themselves but they compel others to agree with them yet when they aver that by their own unaided knowledge they are sure that christ is a sinner they are ignorant that they assert something most harmful to themselves for being wont to boast greatly of their learning in the law and exhibiting intolerable conceit about the sacred scriptures they will suffer a greater penalty because it being in their power to know the mystery of christ which by the law and the prophets in many ways is typified and proclaimed they with much heedlessness cling to their self-imposed ignorance or if they possess accurate knowledge are always most pertinaciously unwilling to do what they ought for they ought rather to instruct the mind of the common people to comprehend the mysteries of christ and to try to lead others to the knowledge of what it behoved them to know but they profuse in arguments and mighty in boast and crying out with far too high an opinion of themselves we know set aside the words of the law account the voice of moses as nothing and think the declarations of prophets to be as vain as those of the thoughtless mob for they quite fail to take notice of what the voice of the prophet foretells will happen at the time of our saviour christ coming for he says then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall hear then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb shall be distinct for the paralytic was healed at the pool of bethesda and after passing through thirty and eight years in his infirmity as it is written by one word of the saviour he took up his bed and leaped away like a heart yet when they ought to have admired jesus for that they lamented the breach of the sabbath 
and holding that the law had been transgressed disparaged the excellence of the miracle at another time when an evil spirit had been cast out of him the dumb man spake but they fell into such terrible folly as not to gain even a little profit from it the blind man received sight the prophetic announcement was fulfilled the word of the spirit was brought to pass to the uttermost and what again at this they go mad they condemn the wonder-worker they attribute sin to him who is able to shine forth with divine brightness and who displays as actually now present that which had been expected long ages before twenty five he therefore answered whether he be a sinner i know not one thing i know that whereas i was blind now i see the benefit which the man formerly blind had received from christ appears to have been twofold his understanding was in some way enlightened at the same time as his bodily eyes and as he possesses the light of the physical sun in his fleshly eyes so the intellectual beam i mean the illumination by the spirit takes up its abode within him and he receives it into his heart for hear how he resists the abominable conduct of the magistrates out of his great love towards christ and how cleverly he reproaches them as being well-nigh intoxicated and beside themselves but he frames his speech with proper respectfulness and giving them their due honour as the ruling order courteously says whether he be a sinner i know not we do not argue from this that the man was unaware that jesus was not a sinner but shall rather suppose that he so addressed those men with the following design for he may be imagined to speak thus though compelled against my will to acquiesce in what is wrong i will not endure to slander my benefactor i will not join myself to those who wish to dishonour him who deserves all honour i will not say that such a wonder-worker is a sinner i will not give an unjust vote against one who is mighty to work the works of god the miracle wrought in me does not permit me to consent to your words i was blind and i see it is not another man's account of his doings that i have believed i am not carried away by the reports of mere strangers it is not cures effected upon others that i am led to admire i myself he says am a proof of his power i stand here seeing having been formerly blind as a sort of monument exhibiting the excellence of his love for men and flashing forth the greatness of his divine power something like this i conceive to be the real significance of the words used by him who had received his sight for to say whether he be a sinner i know not and immediately to add one thing i know that whereas i was blind now i see is not in the style of a simple statement but shows a deeper meaning of very wise reasoning twenty six they said therefore unto him again what did he to thee how opened he thine eyes they again resort to questioning and inquire about the manner of the divine sign 
not doing this out of good feeling or a laudable curiosity but placing and reckoning the speaking well of christ by any living being is baser than any villainy and worse than any wickedness they stir up all these matters afresh thinking perhaps that the man would no more repeat the same words but would vary his account of the event and say something inconsistent with his former answers so that they may lay hold of the contradiction and denounce him as an impostor and a liar for supercilious in their excessive cleverness they imagined the force of the miracle to depend on the mere words of the man as though it were not evident from the fact of what had been done and moreover i think that they may have experienced something of this sort such as are not backward in hating others unjustly when they are making inquiries about anything done by them which does not seem to have been rightly done wish to hear it from the witnesses not once only but over and over again wetting as it were into keener action the anger which seems too feeble for conscience ever testing our motives makes us uncomfortable and ceases not to accuse us of injustice even though from passionate prejudice we may feel a certain pleasure in the unjust action the man who had been healed is accordingly provoked and urged against his will to go over the story again and to answer the same questions while they almost make signs to one another to observe closely whether something illegal might not have been done in the working of this divine sign on the sabbath for conscience checks the savage design that rages within them and so to speak puts a bridle on them though they are unwilling to admit its interference twenty seven he answered them i told you even now and ye did not hear wherefore would ye hear it again it seems superfluous now he says to tell the story over again to an incredulous audience and it is useless for you to inquire so often concerning these things when you do not gain anything whatever although you learn and have conclusive evidence but you bid me now again reiterate the same words for no good purpose as experience proclaims for hereby the man who had been healed thoroughly convicts the pharisees of unreasonableness of turning away their ears from the truth as it is written not being laudably angry at the law being broken but by these questions bidding him who wished to speak well of the wonder-worker to appear in the character of an accuser rather than accepting him as an admirer for this was in truth their aim since the transgression of the law was altogether a matter of indifference to them and passed over as quite unimportant on this account they set aside just judgment and were only bent on gratifying their prejudice forgetting god who says the priest's lips shall guard judgment and they shall seek the law at his mouth would ye also become his disciples he has now confessed distinctly and without any evasion that he has been made a disciple if not by argument yet in consequence of the marvellous deed and has become a believer accepting his miraculous sight in the place of instruction for when he said to them would ye also become his disciples 
he as it were revealed his own condition of mind that he was not only willing to become but actually had already become a disciple and in some degree even before he had fullness of faith acting upon the precept freely ye received freely give he was prepared at once and very unselfishly to communicate his advantages to them he affirms unhesitatingly and often his account of the marvellous deed if they had only considered his narrative really as instruction he certainly therefore observed in an excellent way that in the book of proverbs he speaketh in the ears of them that hear it seems probable that some deep and hidden meaning is obscurely intimated in these words of his and i will briefly state what it is there were some of the magistrates who recognized that the wonder-worker was in truth christ but keeping their knowledge of him buried so to speak within their hearts they as yet were unsuspected by the majority of their companions and our witness will be the wise evangelist himself where he says that the rulers knew that he was the christ but because of the pharisees they did not confess it the proofs of this will be strengthened also to some extent by nicodemus boldly proclaiming and saying to our lord jesus christ rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from god and that no man can do these signs that thou doest except god be with him certainly therefore some of the rulers knew and the report of this was spread abroad throughout all jerusalem the majority of the jews suspected that the rulers knew but were determined not to confess it through malice and envy and that this also is true we will show from the evangelical writings themselves for the blessed john himself somewhere says that jesus stood teaching in the very temple and explaining things which at least to the understanding of the hearers seemed to be breaking the law and when the magistrates of the jews did not proceed at all against him nay did not venture so much as to say o fellow cease teaching what does not harmonize with our ancient laws they brought suspicion on themselves among the multitudes as we have just observed thus for instance it is written some of them of jerusalem said is not this he whom they seek to kill and lo he speaketh openly and they say nothing unto him can it be that the rulers know that this is the christ surely he all but says those whose lot it is to be leaders know that he is indeed the christ see although they are generally considered to be desirous of killing him he is speaking with very great boldness and they do not rebuke him even so much as by words accordingly this suspicion being spread abroad through all jerusalem the blind man had at some time heard it and had this report about these men ringing in his ears gracefully therefore reproving them as we may suppose he says surely it is to no purpose that ye bid me again utter the same words and again speak the praise of the marvellous deed or do ye indeed consider the narrative a pleasure thirsting even now for instruction from him although overcome by fear of others ye allow ungrateful cowardice 
to stand in the way of such excellent knowledge. End of chapter 1, part 4